Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. On this Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about how to get your marketing projects done profitably. I've got Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot. Gray, say hi. Hello. And we're going to talk about how they helped one company grow 55% without a bigger budget by finding money, by using proper marketing project management. We're going to talk about knowing profitability, why most agencies are not able to market profitably, what holds them back from increasing pricing, average billable rates and how people change them over time, their 42-page book on uh, using ClickUp, how to manage a marketing project. We're going to get into that details, the, the hierarchy of it, and why the owner should never be the ClickUp champion, but you need one. All this on the Garlic Marketing Show brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Of course, one of the most important marketing projects is your customer stories. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to get started helping you collect, craft, and deliver your customer stories. All right, let's get started. To talk a little bit about project management, because I think it's important, but in handling internal marketing projects. And you, I'm sure you have some success stories that you can share of agencies, but let's just add a high level when people start to use project management better what does it do for their business yeah i think uh, that's a great question i mean there's a million different outcomes people often ask about like what's the roi you know we're trying to make a decision around do we tackle this in-house do we work with zenpod do we work with someone else how do we measure roi and i think roi obviously in the agency space like it's going to show up on if you're delivering projects on time and in budget it's going to show up in your profitability right away but it'll also show up in your client retention and lifetime value of customers um i i really think what this all boils down to is like clarity and we go pretty hard on like the idea of so much of the world today is just like crazy frantic and chaotic and the antithesis of that is having clarity for people so trying to get rid of eliminate a lot of that chaos and the clarity looks like you know at an executive layer like for you that's um what projects are profitable what projects like what's our overall profitability how's the overall team's workload do i need to hire do i need to staff up here or staff down here or whatever but at a at a management layer you know like account manager project manager marketing manager you know like how's my portfolio of projects doing or my portfolio of clients or how's my team performing and where do i need to make those decisions on a little bit more granular, a little bit more zoomed in layer. And then if we zoom all the way down to the bottom, like the individual contributor layer, I'm looking at what's on my plate today. How do I get it done? That kind of stuff. So I think that's the ultimate outcome or the ultimate goal of project management. Yeah. Clear. Well, I mean, clarity and profitability is huge. I've talked to so many companies that just don't know, don't really know. They're like, they might have a $50,000 a month client and then they dive into it and they're like, crap, we're losing money on that. Right. And it's, and you know, the client's unhappy, you're unhappy, no one's happy and you're losing money on it. How often do you see that? Um, pretty, what I would say is most of the time, it's really, if you ask an entrepreneur to write down who are your top three most profitable clients and your bottom three most profitable clients, and we'll do sometimes for fun, just to, just to find out. Um, most of the time they'll get them right. It's usually not exactly in the right order, but they've got some handful. 
And then in the middle, there's a bunch of they have no idea whether they're profitable or not profitable and often guess wrong or significantly incorrectly on where they're, yeah. where they're profitable and where they're not. It's so crucial because I've talked about this a lot of people, like whatever your business is, knowing how much profit you make, it determines how much you can market for those, those projects, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't know how you determine. I mean, the reality is this is why so many service-based businesses are terrible at client acquisition and it's all just referrals and word of mouth. Because we don't have like SaaS, it's like, hey, what's our CAC? What's our cost of customer acquisition? And yeah, it's it's just a it tends to be a more sophisticated model where it's like, hey, we are intentionally trying to spend this amount of money to bring people in, and we know it's profitable up until this point. But when you don't know what your agency profitability is when you bring clients in, it makes it really hard to create a real strategic plan for how we're like, hey, we need to keep acquiring clients for below this this price tag, and as long as it's below this price tag we're still profitable on it. And that determines how fast we should be scaling uh, is our ability to acquire clients at a specific price point. I mean, that's, you're like a top 2% agency. If you've had that conscious thought and you're executing on a plan towards that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the fastest growing agencies, that's how they grow the fastest is they, they have enough profit and they dump it all back into getting more of those clients Yeah, and, and making them more profitable. And then you can make it more profitable too through proper project management. Can't you? For sure. Oh yeah. I think that efficiency gains of any team which turns into profitability and uh, so part of its efficiency for sure and i say the part is just like is that project management um kind of is the tooling around that and the reporting around that spitting out the right metrics to send, to give you feedback to say oh actually we could be profitable on this but we'd have to charge x like some of the times it's as easy as we just need to service it clients would be happy to pay more and as soon as you get the conviction to actually ask them to pay more they're totally happy or even happier and you're actually making money so you're happier too that's a big thing too, is like raising prices. People don't know how to rate, don't know how to raise prices. I think it's more of a holdback because they're like, well, I'm, I think I'm making money. So why should I raise my price? Yeah. How come we have this, like, you know, how price anchoring gets talked about all the time. And, and so many agencies have like, Hey, we'll give you three options. And you know, one is just absurdly priced. We have no intention of ever having that. So it's like, we get anchoring when we're selling. But then it's like it works against us where we're delivering on services and we get used to whatever prices we charged, you know, whenever, a year ago. And then it becomes like, oh, like no one would say double that, but maybe maybe we could bump it up by 10%. It's like, why? why? Like, it has nothing to do with the value that's being created and like understand the value that's being created and don't get, don't get so anchored to what you used to charge. And so, you know, like you look at the normal average billable rate or average, um, yeah, billable rate of an agency. And if you're talking to someone early on, and there is different all over the world, obviously, but you're talking to someone early on, you know, it's like, oh, we're $60 an hour, $75 an hour, or $85 an hour, whatever. You talk to people, you know, a couple of years in, they're like, oh, we're, you know, 110 to 135 an hour or whatever. And there tends to be this really incre increment in most agents, the average agency is like very incremental. It goes up 10 bucks a year for, for 10 years. But you get people who just like, that's purely a, like you're saying, a mental thing. Like there's no reason that can't be, you know, whatever, whatever rate you wanted to charge in year one and a totally different rate in year two, if you've got a model for acquiring clients as well, and then understanding profitability on the back end. Yeah, I understand profitability. And yeah, I, I, in that mental piece of it. And I think if you get more of a business and get that mindset, and that's a whole nother pricing discussion. Because I mean, there's lawyers that bill $125 an hour, and there's lawyers that bill $1,500 an hour. Yeah, Are they that much better. Some maybe, you know, I definitely don't want to go with the cheap lawyer if I'm about to go to jail, 
But, you know, if someone's running my business contract, do I need $1,500 an hour? But right. it's a mindset of selling something and selling it the right way. But I'm not going to get into that. You've got a ton of resources on Zen Pilot. You have one resource that's like a 8,000 page document. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's <laughs> roughly that. Yes, yeah, so we met a, a guy, and it's called the Cook Up for Agencies uh, guy. It's 47 page, like pulling back everything around the hierarchy and the way that you should structure your um, projects and tasks and whatever else. Um, we have a lot of internal marketing teams who will go through that as well. Obviously, it's a, uh, um, you know, 90% of the people who go through it are going to go self-implement off of it. And then there's 10% just like with anything. And we're like, oh, okay, this is going to be some work. Like, let's just get Zenpilot to do it. But that's at um, zenpilot.com slash garlic. So if anyone wants to go get their free copy of that. What I a coincidence. That. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, zenpilot.com slash garlic. You know, there's a ton of podcasts. Also, they've got a great YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that. You're putting out a lot of awesome videos on there. And tons and tons of great information just looking through it but i want to talk today about using project management for marketing projects especially internal marketing projects because i feel like when i talk to agencies you know they're not getting their pricing right and then you know they're not marketing properly but you how do we get a good solid marketing project plan for it strategize and make sure it gets done inside of an agency uh, yeah, so the agency example, I think, is pretty straightforward, and it would be the same, I mean, similar model in-house. Uh, when I think of an agency, like I think of three main areas or, or you know, components of the agency. You get the growth side, which is your marketing and your sales, your business development, your partnerships, you know, whatever else. That's where, where we're going to come back to because that's where marketing lives. You got what we call delivery, but it's basically, you know, like growth is making the promise, delivery is keeping the promise. Um, all your client services live here. And then like the biggest, broadest junk drawer in the world is operations, which is like our people, culture, finance, legal, you know, um, <laughs> all of that stuff. And that, you know, there are teams who break that out as you get more sophisticated. You might say, oh, ops is its own thing and finance is its own thing. Or I don't, I don't mind if people at some point brought it out, but I think it's a really simple construct that works well for most agencies is those three main areas. Do you keep all those inside of ClickUp? Yeah. Yep. The only, I'd say the one where there's, that's often the leanest is inside the growth. So if you're thinking of this in terms of ClickUp, if people are familiar and ClickUp's hierarchy outside of the workspace, which is kind of the parent level, you know, that's our organization. The next layer down is called a space. So those would be our three core spaces. And typically the growth space or inside the growth space, then you'd have, you know, folders for here's our marketing, here's our sales, here's our partnerships, whatever else. Well, inside sales, often if you're using a separate CRM system, you're on HubSpot or whatever, like we are, um, we're not going to have sales reps trying to jump back and forth between platforms all day. Like it's, it's hard enough to get them to do, uh, <laughs> do one. Data entry and one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, th I think you got to be clear on that. And, but yeah, but, and then you plan out your products. You know, I think if you keep going down, I think a hierarchy thinking is a big part of why ClickUp's having success. But it's also a big part of like, how do we actually execute? We've got all these brilliant creatives who have all kinds of ideas, but the actual execution is, is really weak. And so that needs to happen in terms of thinking about it. Like what's the marketing campaign? What are the deliverables that make that up? What are the tasks that go into that? Who's going to own each of those tasks? What's the timeline need to look like? What are the milestones as we move through it? Um, and so that's been 
like managing things in a really clear hierarchy and doing that planning and then hold, having consistent accountability, which is a piece of project management. Um, it's a big part. We can go deep on that or light on that, but a big part of managing projects well from a, from a growth perspective for an agency. And yeah, I definitely want to talk about accountability because I think that's, that's where I'm assuming that's where things fail. Cause it sounds like everyone has a lot of ideas of what they want to do. You know, I always hear like, Oh, don't look at my website. It's horrible. We're a marketing agency or yeah, I haven't, I haven't posted to Twitter uh, on a long time. How are you seeing the best marketing agencies decide who's going to do it? Because they don't want to pull away people, but also they don't want their marketing to be bad. I mean, in, how are you seeing that working? Um, all, I mean, super common between most of the fastest growing agencies they're treating themselves like their own best client. And if they're not, if they're growing through a different channel than what they're doing for their clients, they've got a dedicated, at least one dedicated marketing person or a small team. I think of um, like Impact, uh, used to be Impact Brand and Design, one of the largest and earliest HubSpot partners. And you know, they've ramped up traffic and leads and everything like crazy, grew to hundred people. Um, but they super early on made a full-time marketing hire. And there's a million, you know, we have lots of shared connections who have done similar things. So I, I think that's first is all the best ones have some discipline around it. And also don't buy into, um, you know, like I just signed an agreement yesterday. We're going to revamp our website. And like I've built websites for years. That was like what I used to do at the agency. And but the reality is I don't have time. That's not the best use. So I'm going to go spend $42,000 to go rebuild our website. And most agencies won't, like, like they couldn't see themselves doing that. Cause like, well, we have the capability. Why wouldn't we just do it internally? But then you're just not going to get around to it. So I would rather pay the money. And I think the best agencies do that as well. They're willing to make an investment and hire people or carve out time from their team, which means you're going to have to hire earlier because you have less capacity to handle client projects. Um, either way, you're putting money into your own marketing. I agree with that so much because, you know, A, you're dedicated then to it, but B, you're getting outside eyes. I think it's so hard, especially if you're a marketer, to be your own marketer. I know it's hard for me. Like, I'm just like, oh, I need to get this done. But I, I like, we're, we're, we're re revamping one of our, our packages. And I'm like, well, we need this and this, and how are we going to do this? And I know all this stuff. And all of a sudden everyone's like, this is really confusing. Right. <laughs> and so even if that happens, even if you're hiring an outside agency, you should still be using project management. Shouldn't you? Like 100%, yeah. So how are you all going to manage, handle, handle it using ClickUp? Yeah. Um, so in this specific case is a little bit odd because this is a, uh, you know, a client of ours. So they're also running on ClickUp. So normally this would live inside our workspace. We're actually going to be working out of their workspace, but it's the same type of model. So you think of the top level as the website. Um, that's our, that's our campaign layer. All the deliverables are the milestones beneath that are basically each of the phases. Hey, we're going to go through discovery. We're going to go into site architecture. We're going to do a design. We're going to do content we're you know we're gonna do all the different pieces eventually in development and pre-launch testing and launch and post-launch QA and whatever else um <clears throat> each one of those phases has another set of well what actually needs to happen and so the rule at the end of the day is if you think of like a deliverable you know if this page is going to come out 
and get published. Our homepage is going to be um, design. First thing we're going to do is the wireframing, then we'll get into design, whatever else. Each of the sub steps that need to happen to make to pull that off, um, each of those will be individually owned and assigned tasks that have a due date. They'll always have an assignee. And really that page is done when all of the rest of those are done. So we'll use an automation that when all the subtasks are done, that parent task of the homepage um, is also completed. Um, so that is kind of the like the hierarchy or architecture. And when it comes to accountability, the thing that getting breaking that down drives a lot of people crazy the first time that they do it. Like, oh man, we're gonna go plan out, we're gonna spend half an hour planning out all these tasks and subtasks or whatever, especially if you don't have it templated. And you have a template that's going to save you a huge amount of time. But the reality is then it's going to be really clear every single day, like who's got one on their plate to move the project forward. And if someone gets behind, like, and there's somebody internally in ClickUp, ClickUp champion internally, who's monitoring those overdue tasks every single day. And if there's an overdue, they're jumping on, understanding what's happening and then adjusting the project plan if we need to. Um, so that's kind of how we'll go, like how we'll break it down into granular enough pieces to actually make sure that we deliver it on time. I think it, you know, this is a piece, you know, I'm thinking about it from like an entrepreneur standpoint, or even one of our clients standpoint, because even if we share our stuff, I feel like anyone that does outside marketing, it needs to have some sort of project management to understand where the project is at all time. And even if you're involved, if you're not involved in it, right, because they need, like you said, at the top, and need, you need to have clarity to make sure these things are moving forward. Um, and, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur now, and I'm having this set up, what kind of notifications, what kind of alerts, how am I finding out that this is working, it's getting done right, or if it's not, you know, what type of cadence, what what should I be looking, doing to set that up? So we'll assign some, like internally, we've got this person, but externally at any of our clients as well, we want to train somebody to be the ClickUp champ. We call them the ClickUp champion just because it's just on ClickUp, but really, I mean, it's like, you know, a form of project management. It's just not everything that project management entails. And that person is running four main cadences. And you know, that person is never allowed to be the owner of the firm because they just won't do it. They'll get busy and distracted with something else. There's, it's two different personality types. Um, yep. So that person's going to run a daily spot check. And you know, here we're looking for what's overdue, what got moved, you know, basically wh where did data not get updated correctly? And there's some really simple things in ClickUp that make that really fast and easy to run. But that daily cadence is super important because if you if you do this once a week, you're letting people get away with bad habits four out of five days and then you're trying to correct it all in one day and like you're just much better off earlier on spending five ten minutes a day to you know a 20 person firm this takes 15 minutes a day tops to go through and do love it on a weekly basis there's a weekly roundup so you as the owner you're going to get a quick report from that champion once a week with anything that bubbles up and escalated and hey greg keeps pushing this task and he's not leaving an answer why and i've told him three times and he's not listening to me like i need you to step in and talk to him about this or this project's at risk of going off or you know whatever whatever else um so those are kind of the proactive more project managey like activity-based stuff the two other pieces are a monthly analysis and a quarterly review and so those are more of the um analysis and there's some compilation of the trends, like, hey, we keep being behind on this or this client, you know, it consistently isn't getting back to stuff. But that really becomes what's our profitability, what, what projects are on and off track for, for being delivered in scope and um, in budget, and which ones aren't. Um, and we're looking at profitability across service line, across client, across you know, by uh, team, 
and then by individual, and those are the four main vectors that will evaluate profitability across. And so if if I'm internal, right? I mean, obviously we're gonna have metrics on marketing, but while it's being built out, how are you deciding how much to invest in that marketing, in that project? Yeah. Um, so you're saying like, what, uh, how do we determine budget to put on uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Internal marketing budget, like, because obviously it's going to be hours or it, it might, yeah. might be attract attached to the cost, but how are we determining how much time I should be giving to my internal marketing team? Uh, I think that should roll down for the, so like for next year when we're finished up 23, um, planning and budgeting right now. And the, in the budget, we're going to spend about 6% of our end of year revenue target into marketing. And so by the, by the end of the day, like by the time that we combine our sales costs and, um, you know, any partnership costs and our marketing costs, we'll wind up spending around 15% of top line revenue back into growing the business. Um, right. <clears throat> that number could be like, if, if we wanted to triple in size, you know, that number from a marketing perspective probably has to be higher. And if we were like, Hey, we want to grow 20% and 20% is like, if you're doing a decent job and you retain any customers at all, that should happen by default. So you pretty much don't have to, don't have to invest much in marketing at all. Um, nice. In, in a services-based business. The next step then is like, okay, well then how do we allocate that budget? And so that becomes whoever's leading marketing has to make some of those decisions. And we've got to understand how that breaks down across team members. So it's not fair to say, oh, we're not spending anything on marketing, but really you're just hiding all those costs in delivery. Like you are, but you're using those people to deliver for you. So you want to use the same thing. You know, take their, uh, if someone's full-time, they're working 2000 hours and they're making 40 grand a year, then, or 80 grand a year, they're making $40 an hour effectively. They work a hundred hours in this campaign. That's a $4,000 investment that you just made and into it. So it's just kind of a function of what are we actually spending and then where's time going. And when you've implemented this, I mean, obviously you've helped other clients. What are some of the successes that you've seen of agencies that start to implement this internal marketing project system that you're in, you know, cadence and everything that you've done? Yeah. So I think on the, on the marketing front, there's a, a bunch of good examples of this. We are not coaching agent like we're very focused on the delivery side and the ops side of the business. Mm -hmm. So I just want to clarify that we're often giving people the nudge of, hey, you've got to be spending more time here. But yeah. we're not taking them through. We're not like a growth agency, a growth consultancy saying, yeah. hey, these are the campaigns you should be running. But I think the coolest areas are the teams who realized we've got excess capacity in what we're doing right now. We've either created it through efficiency or we've discovered it just through visibility and transparency in the data. And we're going to reallocate that back into growing the business and then going from growing. We've got a client who um, grew it at a, you know, a fine rate. They weren't doing anything from a marketing perspective and we're growing about 20% a year. Um, kind of pretty, pretty typical stuff. Uh, found a bunch of capacity and grew 55% uh, in there in kind of in the year immediately following the uncovering of that by just reallocating that and saying, Hey, we're going to make a commitment to being our, our best client and showcasing what we do or, you know, through our own marketing um, from there. So there's a bunch of stories like that of teams who've been able to ramp it up by, by just making a commitment to marketing. And I love that, that idea of becoming more efficient and finding your marketing dollars there, instead of having to hire more 
or do anything different. And, you know, you found that money, it's found money, and you can now have an organized system. And that's, you know, although you're not the person doing it, I do feel like if agencies just say, hey, we're going to run a Facebook ad campaign, go run it. And they don't do all these things that you said, no one has any clarity into what's going on, do they? Yeah. So when you do this, you know, on average, how long do you see a company come to you before they start to get results, you know, and start to really get project management up and running? How long does it take to really get it all cleaned up and humming? Yeah, most people are around a month or three months, rather, a quarter before there's some like meaningful visibility. Sometimes someone's got data, like it's it's rare that someone's got good data already that they just aren't accessing. Most of the time, the data is just not that good that they already have. So by the time you design it and build it and launch it and then get people actually using it and using it well enough that there's good data, there's usually a, you know, a three-month period of time before there's really good data coming back. And that's our, often in that process, we're pointing out stuff that is obvious, or they're just realizing, hey, when we have to write this down and document how we actually do this, we realize there's all these inefficiencies. So some of that efficiency gain is um, is not going to be easy to track from like, a, if you're doing time tracking from an hours-based perspective, if there wasn't good data before and now there is, but it's a different process than it was before. Um, so where that more commonly shows up is what's the client load? Um, or kind of self-reported from the team, or what's our profitability and our ability to, to take stuff on. But once we've got that baseline in place, then you know, the last step in the process is basically, hey, this is the never-ending step in the process, which is go optimize it. You know, understand where the holes are, and you can always make it. It's like the you know, the companies who would do the the 10% cut every year uh, that a couple you know, large enterprises made famous, which is trying to yeah. constantly upscale. It's kind of the same thing in the agency space. Like, hey, we're the bottom 10% of clients for us for our profitability and performance perspective. And then let's uh, proactively either fix those or intentionally churn those out and go acquire better clients. Because, yeah, I mean, 90 days really isn't that much in the long, in this scheme of things to start seeing and having that clarity and be able to find this these opportunities and run better marketing projects but, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about ClickUp. I'm I'm of the opinion that people probably shouldn't start with the software. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, and it doesn't really matter how I feel because everybody does regardless. Like I'm exactly yeah. like the, you know, we got three pillars. You got like, what's the, what's the tooling that we've got? What are the processes that we're running? And then what are the habits? Like how consistent are we? And if you get to it, you know, get tools and process totally dialed in with terrible habits. It's like super inconsistent. The outcomes that you're going to get you get tools and you got the habits, but no, not the right process. You know, you just miss, you're operating efficiently, but misguided. And if you get the the bottom two, I guess, the pyramid and processes and habits together, then you've, uh, you know, you just got an inefficient, you're delivering the right thing. You're following the right playbook. You're doing it really inefficiently. Yeah. And we run into variants of, of, you know, all those combinations <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I, so I'm I, 100% aligned with you on like, you're just looking at tools. That's not, doesn't matter how, how good of a click up setup I hand you today. You yeah. Know, if, you don't, if your team doesn't know what to do and they're not right, running your right processes through it, it's not going to matter, but everybody thinks about it as a tool first problem. Yeah. I, and the reason is because it's like, well, before there was click up or anything like, you know, when we started, we tested so many softwares and I made that mistake of like, and like trying to get our systems around the software instead of 
trying to build our systems first and then find the right software for it. But I know a lot of people love ClickUp and love to use it. So it's like, it, that's why hiring, I, I wish there would have been a, a Zen pilot when I first started, because it was like, how do we do this? How do we run projects? I know what we need to do. And so it was like such heavy, heavy lifting and years and years and years. And it's amazing that you, you guys can get that done in 90 days or at least start it and have some visibility in 90 right. days. That's amazing. Awesome. So getting start, tell me about working with you all. How, how does someone work with ZenPilot? What, uh, how does that all work? So I mentioned a couple of these steps earlier. I think every team, so actually I'll take you super briefly through the one, three, five formula. Mm -hmm. One is the goal. We're shooting for clarity for everybody throughout the organization. Three are the three pillars. That's the three keys, you know, our tools, our processes and our habits and the five steps to getting excellent in all three of those areas are a just understanding where we are and designing what the end solution is so that everybody's crystal clear you know, we all close our eyes and envision what does gold standard look like here from an operational perspective here's what here's what that looks like and we're all clear on that in the line then the next step is building it then training people then migrating and launching and then you know optimizing that over time so those are like the five the five steps when we work with a team, our client journey kind of breaks down like the design phase is its own discrete um, engagement with us. We call it the blueprint. It's basically building what does that playbook need to look like? What does that implementation plan need to be? Where are you right now? And what needs to happen to go from where we are today to gold standard operations? And that then, you know, either a team will take that and go self-implement or they'll work with us to implement it. And that implementation will look like all of the build, all the process development, all the technical infrastructure, all of the team training and expectation setting, all the data migration and launching and, you know, like building healthy habits. And then, you know, some of those teams will wind up working with us to help them help coach them through um, kind of monthly optimization beyond that. But that's, that's the kind of the client journey or how teams work through that with us. And the same five-step process should, you know, should happen, whether it's with a Zen pilot type company or not. And if anybody wants to talk to us about that, um, you know, zenpilot.com slash call right now is the link to book a time and just kind of run through where you are today. And then what should, what should happen next? Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you can click on it or if you watch this on YouTube, just click down below. Great. This has been fantastic. Where's the best place to follow Gray McKenzie? <laughs> uh, LinkedIn is probably the the place that I'm most active right now or on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and just search Gray McKenzie. There's not too many people who ever are uh, Gray McKenzie, although I'm not, I think I'm S Gray McKenzie at most places, like most of my handles, because there's some uh, like English oil company or something called Gray McKenzie. So. <laughs> okay. Yes. You're not, he's not the not English the oil, oil company. That's right. I'm, I'm the process awesome. nerd. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So I'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Great. Thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Absolutely. Thanks, Ian. This is great. And thank you all for taking Gray and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? StoryCruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. 
What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 